What's up, BYU Radio friends? Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here on the latest BYU Sports Nation. We recap a very busy National Signing Day for BYU football and discuss the official new hire of T.J. Woods as BYU's next offensive line coach. On the next episode, we'll be joined by 24-7 Sports' Jeff Hansen to break down the BYU 2024 recruiting class and more. Listen on demand, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, or tune in live at noon Eastern for BYUSN here on BYU Radio, baby. Next on BYUSN, National Signing Day in the books for BYU football. We'll discuss what stood out the most from this year's recruiting class and where it ranks among previous classes under Kalani Satake. Plus, we react to multiple sound bites from Coach Satake, his coordinators Aaron Roderick and Jay Hill on topics such as a BYU wide receiver moving positions, an offensive lineman straight off a mission getting put on scholarship, and which positions will be added through the portal. One of the Cougars' newest cornerbacks, Trey Alexander, joins us from Georgia, YBYU, and how track translates to the gridiron. And it's a back-to-back game day for women's hoops in the final non-conference game of the year. What a win or a loss would mean for the Cougars heading into Big 12 play. Let's do this. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, December 21st. I am Spencer Linton. He is memorabilia distributor, Jerem Jordan. Now, I've made sure that BYU is uh, in popular media out there. The latest is <laughs> Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Olympians on Disney+. Plus. I love this. So, but I, I haven't started watching it, but uh, McKenna Asu, former BYU women's volleyball player, posted about this. I saw it. Uh-huh. Um, there's a Zach Wilson jersey behind the stepdad on the wall. Yeah, yeah. And I said, how's the show? She's like, it's amazing. I'm like, how far in are you? She's like, I've watched for 10 minutes. So, so good stuff there, McKenna, in Hawaii with Alex, who also played volleyball at BYU. It doesn't beat, though, Spence, Strangest Things, BYU pennant from 1985, I think. That's where BYU number had one. just won the national championship. It, literally, it's number one, right? Because they were number one. I am going to get my haircut like Will um, later. Just straight bowl. You want the head. Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber look? <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool because this is at Susie's house. Who in, in, lives in Utah. Yes. And, uh, you know, is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A member of the church. They met at so, summer camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they sing the song. Yeah. It's great. So it's fun to see those in uh, pop culture. That's great. Absolutely. Great stuff. That's why you're our memorabilia guy. Keep I'm your glad eyes the, peeled, man. I'm glad the show's got those. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to get into, uh, you know, Yellowstone. It's, it's somewhere in there, you know. Is that yes. series over? I haven't actually watched it. I'm piecing together Sounds my office, great. speaking of memorabilia, and... I got a 1960 Pittsburgh Pirates World Series signed baseball with none other than Vern Law's signature on That's it. That's cool. How about that? Yeah. From, it steal it when came from it. my grandpa who got it when he was a young baseball fan. He gave it to my dad. And then I was cleaning out some boxes and I was like, how did I not? How did, how did I never know about this? But my mom gave it to me. Hey, it's got awesome, Vern Law's signature on it. He's our BYU guy. Yeah. Two-time Cy Young winner. I'll go get a signature at a women's basketball game and just scuff it up a little bit. And, then yeah. <laughs> and call again. Wow, I have the same thing. It doesn't have every member of the 60s, of the, the World Series champion. Oh, it has Pirates every member. Every single oh, not just, member uh, the Deacon. of nice. that World Series championship team, including, yes, the Deacon. I'm totally All right, enough of that. It's time to rise and shout on a Thursday. Loaded edition of What's Trending on the Way. Welcome to the BYU football family. Long and athletic, really tough kid. Physical, got great ball skills. We're super excited to have them. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. We'll get to the National Signing Day postgame show in just a little bit. But not before some breaking news. 
BYU Sports Nation breaking news. It is official. BYU football has hired T.J. Woods as BYU's next offensive line coach. He will hit Provo after a stop most recently at Georgia Southern. Jerem, this is a guy that has a lot of BYU ties. He's from the Gary Anderson coaching tree, if you will. Was it Wisconsin and Oregon State? He certainly crossed paths with Kalani Satake along the way. Same staff, 2015. Yes, and now he's at BYU. So we speculated this was going to be it. There were reports out there. Now it's official. What kind of a difference do you expect T.J. Woods to make at BYU? First off, he also has the title of run game coordinator. We've wondered if that would be involved there. He did the same at UNLV for one Aiden Robbins. So T.J. Woods certainly has a nice resume. He was with Gary Anderson, so there's your Utah State, Wisconsin, Oregon State sort of uh, trail there. Uh, Most recently coached Georgia Southern on Saturday in the bowl game, right? So he comes to BYU. He looks the part. We wanted accountability guy. This guy looks like he's going to have a gruff voice and call it. There were issues. Connor Pay said on Locked On Cougars podcast with Jake Hatch uh, that – Hey, we could not be fully accountable of each other. We were afraid of hurting people's feelings instead of saying uh, what needed to be said. Yeah. So hopefully T.J. Woods jumps in and does that. I'd be shocked if he doesn't because uh, that's part of the reason uh, that there was a change because they needed more accountability from all levels of that position. He, he has been in the mix to the point in the last couple of weeks of BYU knowing that he was going to be the guy, just waiting to officially figure it out. They want to show respect to Georgia Southern. Sure, the end of that, game. right? Yeah. That's probably why. It, it, but the report got out there from Pete Tamil and others. But he has been uh, on the recruiting trail trying to recruit the current BYU guys to stay. Part of the reason Connor Pay stays is because of T.J. Woods. And Braden Kime, I'm sure. One, sure. One, a change, but two, this guy. Um, so excited about that. He's got some talent to work with in that room. Connor Pay, uh, Waylon Lapuaho, Caleb Etienne, and Braden Kime are the four kind of incumbent starters coming back. You like that? And then you've got some backups in the mix and some guys off missions that we'll talk about in a second. But I, I'm excited about it. I think this is a good choice. Um, he does, he's never, like, been here. He's not a member of the church. doesn't matter. He, he knows kind of the Beehive State from Utah State. He uh, knows Kalani himself from being on the same staff in 2015 in Corvallis. And uh, here we go. TJ Woods, the next guy. Jay Hill and Kalani Satake were around Gary Anderson defenses. They know of his toughness. And that was when Coach Anderson was kind of at the peak of his career. Like when he was transitioning from Utah to Utah State and then into Wisconsin and Oregon State, like he, he was doing a lot of good things. Specifically, uh, he had a great year at Wisconsin, uh, was amazing at Utah State and rebuilding that program. So this, this feels like a tough-minded guy. If, if you're going to be on a Coach Anderson staff. O-line especially, right? Yes. And I've been screaming forever, just give me an accountability yeah, guy. Give me sure. a guy that the players are the right amount intimidated by. And they, just look at his picture. I'm mildly intimidated by him just looking at him. The proper amount of respect is yeah, there. I, I feel it. like he will demand that. The offensive side of BYU's staff needs it. A lot of players, coaches on the offensive side, which is great. Aaron yeah. Roderick is not overly vocal. T.J. Woods seems like he's going to be a vocal, in-your-face type of guy. And, and BYU staff needs that. He's seen here smiling when he saw the pancakes from the O-line from last year. This, this is the happiest he gets <laughs> right here. Well, you brought up Connor Pay, and uh, rightfully so, because he made the news last week. He said a lot of eye-opening things about the offensive line. And if you really yeah. want to gauge of like what is happening on the offensive line, 
Connor Pay is your guy because he's the dude that does not hold back. He has no guy. He will tell you how it is. Yeah. So I appreciated that. He also said development has not been happening over the last three years. Hey, uh, minor issue there. Right? So not only Sorry, the accountability what? issue and worried about players' feelings and not wanting to offend people, like, we got, we got to get past that. And they believe that T.J. Woods is the man that's going to help them do that. Or, Con- as you, to your point, Connor would not have come back. There were three starters that BYU could have had last year had there been better everything at O-line that went elsewhere to Power 5 teams, namely Utah, namely Baylor. Yeah, un- unfortunately. Um, Barrington's, Spencer Fano was being recruited. He goes up and starts at Utah. You'd think that if maybe there was someone that different that BYU maybe had a better shot of retaining those guys. Um, how those guys jail always matters as well. And sometimes talent leaves and you're like, well, the room gets along better now or whatever. I don't, I don't know. It yeah. depends on team to team, year to year, guy to guy. TJ's got I'm, some work to do But I'm excited sure. about it. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 for sure. Um, but rarely have we been like, you know what, BYU can't recruit O-linemen. Gosh, we don't have good enough players at this position. That's not one that has struggled in the past. So I'm excited to see, one, who he can bring in from the portal. Because Kalani teased us. We'll talk about it in a second about, hey, offensive guy's coming. It was mostly defensive yesterday. Um, and then what he can do with the starters coming yep. back and the backups. So I'm stoked, man. Let's go. Okay, topic two. BYU signed two more recruits after the end of the show yesterday. So let's mention them. Uh, Keeney Lau, Fonohema, defensive end, 6'5", 210, from Springville, Utah. Flip. Red Devils bringing it with three dudes in this class. Awesome. Three-star prospect, composite score of 87, uh, ranked number 12 overall prospect in the state, recruited by Utah, Oregon State, Washington State, Utah State. This is a guy that obviously is going to put on some weight, but be one of those talented pass rushers. I've had a couple of people tell me, listen, this, mm-hmm. this kid could come in and actually uh, you know, come in and do something, which is really exciting. And we'll get to that more in a moment of this class, there's more guys like this, like Keeney Lau, Fonohema, that can contribute. It's not often that freshmen come in and like, have a massive impact. I'm just saying they're going to push the starters, and then the starters are going to play well or not, and then these guys are ready to go when their number's called. There's a reason Jay Or Hill maybe he's a starter. Who knows? Jay Hill is super excited. Sione Pogu are super excited because there's legitimate depth. There's so much size, and there's so much potential with this group yep. here. You can feel their excitement. It was palpable yesterday. This is a guy who they looked into the crystal ball, did the recruiting experts, and they saw another school besides BYU. So this was a pleasant surprise for most BYU fans that – Kini Fonohema opted for BYU. And, again, this helps BYU's overall score. The composite score of 87, anytime you get a player that's 86 or above, Jeremy, it's, this is a really, really good player. I'd take 85, too. Sure. I'll, I'll yeah. dive into those numbers in a moment. Yeah. Certainly. So I love this. I, the thing I love the most about it goes along with what I was saying yesterday, and that is this is another major in-state recruiting win for BYU. They need all they can get right now, especially now that they're competing in the same conference as the team up north and the Arizona schools like this. This will help the Intermountain Region recruiting. Like this trend, they need it and they got it with a, with a flip of Kenny Fonahem. Jay Hill, Kelly Papinga, impact right. That whole staff, Sione Puha. They're they're doing good work. The defensive staff. Doing and good I've talked work. to multiple yeah. people around the program. Yeah. They set up the defensive staff. We've never seen this type of consistent, nonstop, like urgent recruiting effort the last few weeks. Like it just was nonstop. Go, 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 go. There was real urgency. Why wouldn't it be and why wasn't it? Right, well, I think everybody feels like they are working. Like Everyone works hard, but like they just said, when you talk to someone that has seen how it's gone down over the past 10 years, they're like, like this was another level. Like Everybody works hard. This was like crazy, crazy. I, I get urgency. the point, and I brought this up with Kalani. 
you can't assume anything. Oh, you like BYU? Sweet, you're coming here. It's like, no, you gotta, you gotta date the heck out of these people, if you will. Like, you gotta show the love. You gotta be there. You gotta as- assume nothing. Yeah. You gotta assume you gotta work hard, right? This as is led by to Jay like Hill, dude. Cruise control. No cruise control. It feels like with this staff regarding recruiting. Like, no, no, no. We gotta, we gotta move. Jay Hill set the tone. Let's assume that someone else is getting this player, unless yes. we do something great. He he set the tone, and I know that people people are like, well, he could recruit last year. It's like, well, he didn't have a full. Year. This is no, like his first full recruiting stint. And he can show film of like, okay, when we're good, it looks like yes. this. Hundred percent. All right. On to the offensive line. You were just mentioning somebody that could be added to TJ Woods' group. It is Joe Brown, 6'4", 285 pounds, out of Lone Peak High School. Another three-star prospect, according to 24-7 Sports, a composite score of 86. Jeremy is a 6A All-State first-teamer in 2021. Served his mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Big-time recruit, Virginia and Baylor, Utah notably went after him hard. Now he is back and going to BYU and joins Mr. Woods' group. Another solid addition. The offense, including Joe Brown, only signed seven players total. This was a heavy defense recruiting group. Oh, yeah. Joe Brown was the seventh of the offensive players. All right, so with those signings of Keeney Fonohema and Joe Brown, that takes – BYU to 27 signees in the 2024 class thus far. As you look at all 27, that's a ton. It's a ton. It's awesome. Who is this? What stands out to you about this year's signing class? Well, that, that it uh, had a better average composite score on 24-7 sports. It's not just as simple as three or four stars. So let's look at during the Sataki era what that's looked like. The best uh, composite average score was last year, 86.03. This is an 85.73 as yeah. of this morning. Uh, which is good. That is the second highest in the Satake era. Uh, it is a group that had 17 guys, 85 or higher. Reiner Swanson's a 90. Danny uh, Saila Saili yeah. is an 88. Ephraim Asiata is an 88 as well. Those are your top three. That's good. We can quantify it in a different way. Um, 81s and 82s. Those can be tough. You did have some NFL guys emerge out of that 2018 and 2019 classes, right? But the average guy, if you will, certainly helps because you want the whole C to raise, right? And right now it feels like that, which is exciting. So BYU's in the 85-plus the last two years. We can quantify that it's getting better. Now, I don't know that BYU will ever be, like, in a top 30 situation nationally. I, I hope they do one day. That'd be great. Um, but if not, BYU has proven that it can make three stars into four-star or five-star yeah. players, a.k.a. they get drafted in the first, second, or third rounds. You're, you're a three-star type player if you get round four through seven. We're seeing BYU produce NFL players at a higher clip. Some of that is out of high school. It's getting mm-hmm. better. This is high school, by the way, only, not transportal. And uh, obviously from the portal, they're bringing more guys, and they've done a nice job over the last couple of years of finding guys who initially may not have signed on a day like yesterday, but come around to coming to BYU and make a massive, massive difference, notably Puka Nakua and Kingsley Suamatia sure. and Aiden Robbins and others, right? As you look at the numbers, like BYU, if you're around 65 or 70, it's kind of like eh, average, right, on the composite score. Like that, that would be by definition of where you sit in college football because there are 100. You're saying the rankings? Teams. Yeah, the ranking. Okay. Like, oh, okay, it's, it's, we've gotten kind of used to I that. I don't like that. Right. Yeah. It's average, but on the scale of average to good to great to elite, like the realistic, I think, window there is anything inside the top. 55 is good. And then when you push into like in between 40 and 50, that's great. If you get 
like into the 30s, that would be like an elite recruiting class. Will BYU have to fork out the dough at that point to get into that space? I don't get the sense that BYU is willing to do that at the moment. I feel like they're going to be in between 45 and 55 for probably the duration from here on out. Yeah, yeah. And Uh, if you get above that... Amazing. I, now, I do have this question, and, and we'll explore this in the future, right? Is can BYU, we're, we're talking about being uh, as good as you can be, right? Are we talking about getting the eight wins here with this? Or are we talking about winning a Big 12 title? I think if we're talking about winning a Big 12 title, all these numbers need to go up, and you may need to pay people more. So we'll see. The hope is you can produce like a 2021 where you had that level of time. Like, but in the modern era, there's not been that many seasons. Like, 2020, like, asterisk. It was a great team. It wasn't the schedule. Da-da-da. Lot, lot of talent. But, like, if we're talking about winning a Big 12 title, Spence, this is a different standard of, like, how many of these guys that are 86, 87, 88, sure. 90 do you need? Right now, BYU's getting a really nice young group that hopefully will build to this. And they can do it without it. BYU's been ballers on a budget for a minute, right? Yeah. This year, 5-7, and seven, tough. But I wonder how much better it has to be to comp- actually compete for a title, like somewhat consistently. I'm not talking one crazy year. That's going to happen at some point. I'm talking about competing, generally speaking, like, yeah, we're 6-3 and three in league or better every three out of five years kind of thing. The, the trend of the last two years is solid. With BYU, their composite score at number 46 last year, number 59 this year, it, it's solved. The and recruiting I, is getting better. And yeah. Coach Hitake said to us yesterday, look, it, it matters for sure. We look at the metrics. Like, we compare it. By the we way, care about they the look at score. this more than most. The composite scores. Yes, they don't care about the stars Look as at the much. composite scores. Yeah. But there is the element and this idea that once BYU offers, then, like, the star drops, the... That's why they don't care so much about stars as yeah. they do about composite scores. I wonder about the reality of that perception. Yeah. That feels very, like, a conspiracy thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it happens, but if they say that's how it Just happens, they're the ones recruiting. that's why they do not focus on stars so much. Yes. They focus on this the composite number. score of every individual player. That and I like that them. number. Second best in the stock here. All right, our question of the day. Based on everything that happened yesterday... And all of the headlines that were surrounding National Signing Day, what was your top headline after the Cougars signed their class? Patrick Neal on Instagram answers, the number of prospects BYU signed that are immediate arrivals. Yeah. Still plenty of missionaries. He adds, I'll be in the MTC with Sue Sue. Carson, yep. But a lot of, especially defensive linemen that are immediate depth guys, love this class. Yeah, I'm very excited. Obviously, the two Juco defensive tackles come in and they – compete right away for playing time. What freshmen come in and have an impact? I, it feels like there may be a higher amount than normal. We have to get them into spring ball and then everybody that comes after they graduate from high school in fall camp. But that's exciting because I'm going to give them, you know, two, like two-ish seasons before I go, okay, now let's see something. Sometimes you get a freshman who makes a splash. But like we talked about yesterday, there were three freshmen that played 100 snaps or more this season. It's not a lot typically. I wonder if that number goes up a little bit next year. We'll Hashtag BYUS on X, Facebook, and Instagram to join the conversation. Plenty more to come on this loaded edition of BYU Sports Nation. Number 17 men's basketball taking on the Bellarmine Knights out of Louisville, Kentucky. Pre-game at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio tomorrow. Just two non-conference games left for the Cougs. So you've heard our conversation about 
what's really going down with BYU's recruiting class, why not hear from Coach Satake and his coordinators, Aaron Roderick and Jay Hill, including BYU's emphasis in the recruiting cycle and recruiting the BYU way. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Touchdown! Pick off by BYU! L.J. Martin! First down and more! The 10 to 5! The touchdown! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live. On BYU TV, we are in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Great to have all of you listening as well on BYU Radio. Uh, let's get to our post-game show from National Signing Day, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all of the reaction from head coach Kalani Satake and his coordinators Aaron Roderick and Jay Hill. We will start with Coach Satake, who spoke on the potential of this class and the potential to be contributors, emphasis on the plural, immediately there's a lot of potential here and then also a lot of potential to play right away so um that that's the i think we have to develop guys but it's it's a lot easier to develop guys that have uh that that are already developed quite quite uh a bit in in high school and and even in jc so the mixture of of talent here I, i think uh we'll still have a few surprises in the next little bit anytime from today till signing day in in February but um, I think those are going to be the spots that that uh, we need and um, that will, will enhance the, and upgrade everything else all right you were just touching on this a moment ago saying like yeah, there were three BYU football players that played what a hundred snaps a hundred plus snaps, snaps. Yeah. freshmen three At, freshmen that on that side snaps. of the ball not special teams yeah. okay yeah. you said you, you think it might be more does Who that knows? make you think it's going to be more what I got to see fall camp. I got to see the position battles. Is there, like, at linebacker, I can't assume that a freshman is going to come in and start because there's the ace and Mike Kafusi, Isaiah Glasker, Harrison Taggart, Jack Kelly. Like, that group is going to be your core kind of five or six, right? Sure. Um, this year it was nice to see Ciala Sara got in a little bit. Unfortunately got hurt at the end of the year, but he did well when he was in there. Um, didn't play under. Uh, he, was he one of the ones that played 100? No, he was under. But um, he played quite a bit, though. He, but he yeah, played enough he to, to be interesting. Um, so we'll see what that looks like uh, this year. Okay, offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick also talked about the importance of not just recruiting high school guys, but in the transport area, you have to retain your own player. Yes. The most important recruiting uh, thing that we did was retain our players. And so as soon as the season ended, you know, in this day and age with the portal, you have to really work at retaining our players, and I think we've done a good job of that. We're, uh, everybody pretty much is coming back. We had uh, one guy, uh, Aiden, decide to turn pro, but I've got most of our key players are returning, and we're really excited about all those guys and, and appreciative of the fact that they like being a part of this program, and uh, I think it was a good sign about how our, our team culture is really strong. After the offensive season that BYU had, there could have been a gajillion guys go leave. For sure. Portal. Like, yeah. that would have made sense. In yes. fact, I'm almost worried out that it hasn't happened because they've done a nice job of retaining guys. Like, LJ Martin, I would imagine, is getting courted for some serious dough given what he showed at times. He's the main guy here next year, and that's really exciting. Um, so, nice job by the staff to retain a lot of that quality. Connor yes. Pay was a huge one, as you yeah. mentioned. Yes. Like, uh, I'm excited uh, to retain. Familiarity does not breed depth or quality, but it sure helps in branding. For in sure. Projecting in. 
it doesn't mean you're just automatically awesome, but there are a few guys that are going to be awesome. Connor Pay and LJ Martin are going to be awesome. I love that Jay Hill added the following statement. Our best players are already here. And that goes into what Aaron Roderick just spoke of. BYU retained what the coaches feel like were their best players outside. He mentioned Aiden Robbins left, but he said, in the core of our best players, they're already here. We're adding a and lot of open to adding development. other guys who could be the best but players. Our best right? players are already here. Yeah. And I believe that. Like, I was just talking to uh, a number of people last night about, man, offense only had seven guys signed. What's going on there? And it's like, well, think about We've it. We've started think, the window think, here. Think about it. Okay? It's not closed. Think about the wide receiver group. That alone. Like, the, what? BYU going to go out and add five wide receivers? No. They have Keelan Marion and Darius Lasseter. Assuming if, he, if gets he gets his waiver. Another year. We hope that Darius gets his, another year because, B, oh, my gosh, that would be such a boost. Chase Roberts. <laughs> Parker Kingston, Keanu Hill making a switch from wide receiver to tight end to help out that room because there is so much wide receiver talent, right? We'll talk about the dynamics of that in a little bit. The running backs room, we were a little worried about once Robbins left because Miles Davis was in the transfer portal. He's back. Hinkley Rapati's coming back. I wouldn't mind a running back from the portal. You can add one, but you don't need a ton there now. You don't need a ton. They have a pretty solid core. The offensive line I was very worried about right after the season because we were on it, like, under the impression that Connor Pay's going to leave, Braden Kimes going to leave, who knows if is going to stick around. Maybe it's only Waylon Lapuahu that is the only like notable returning starter up there. But now there are four guys. Again, familiarity. Experience. Like, you can bring in other dudes that have done stuff too. Like, I imagine they'll add some alignment, by the way, from the portal. For sure. One or two. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 they need it. And, and you have some young guys you, you like. You have T.J. Woods. Like, does he bring somebody with him because he's the new offensive line coach in the run game? That typically happens. You know, At it, least one player follows a coach place. from that position. Yeah. yeah, but the point is, like, I, the core, the core discussion, I've been saying it. <laughs> I'm comparing football to BYU basketball, like this element of, okay, they struggled here, but there's, there, there can be strength in bringing guys that have like gone through adversity together back and are been, have been young and like haven't had a ton, a ton of time together. Now in year two, now that they have been around the program and all those new pieces last year through the portal, a bunch of those guys sticking around and the culture is there. Now you can build. Like you need, you need your core. I want three core guys and one newcomer. You know, three to one ratio there. That's that's kind of what I'm looking for. And I think that BYU is in a position to do that. Yeah. All right. Some of those players, as we mentioned, that are coming back on offense: Keanu Hill, Braden Kime, Aaron Roderick discussed a different role specifically, as I just mentioned, for Keanu Hill next season as he moves to tight end. So what's that all about? Just uh, playmaking ability at that position. Uh, Keanu's been a, he's been a great playmaker for us in his career. This year he struggled a little bit with a, uh, uh, an injury to his shin. He had, he had dealing with sort of a stress fracture type injury in his shin all season. Slowed him down. The guy's so tough. He kept trying to play every week. And he never really fully got going the way he has in the past. But um, he fights to keep his weight down. I mean, he's, he's uh, 6'4", 225 to 230 pounds on any given day. And he has to fight to keep his weight down. And we just felt like with our depth at wide receiver, why not? Why fight it? Just let yourself get up to 235, 240. And, and, and uh, he's already one of our best blockers on the whole team at any position. So uh, we feel like moving him to tight end just makes perfect sense. All right. So it is the season to just – allow 10 to 15 more pounds to show up over Christmas break, right? I love Let's go. Keanu Hill. I'm, I'm trying to do that. Let's I go. I'm so stoked that he is back, and he can beef up for sure. I imagine he's going to be flexed out quite a bit because he does have that wide receiver 
capability. And he he's going to be a mismatch. If a linebacker gets put on Keanu Hill as a tight end, about it. good night. Like, see you later. Keanu yeah. Hill advantage all day, every day. He, blo- he blocks really well, as Aaron mentioned. Like, he is a this, team I guy. like this. Cause I, I I'm love not, it. He I'm immediately not, becomes like the number one receiving option in the tight end room. He's immediately. Not, he's well, interesting. He's not an NFL guy as a wide receiver at the moment. Maybe undrafted guy that gets a look. But at tight end... Could be. Tight end. Could be. Do you know another player who was a receiver who bulked up and became a tight end who had a successful NFL career? One, Dennis F. Pitta. Yep. Uh, came as a receiver. So I wonder about Keanu Hill. Yeah, I'm, I love that. I love that. And that group's got Ethan Erickson, who they're excited about his future. And then Jackson Bowers is back. Jackson is a guy who could, who could uh, be an NFL Guy at tight end or whatnot. At multiple positions, yeah. probably. And then, and yeah, because tight end, there's not like a huge step to like tackle after that, right? Or defensive end. Or, or defensive whatever. end, yeah, yeah. The athleticism's there. Yes. And then, of course, uh, Reiner Swanson in that room and others. So uh, Keanu, that's an exciting group Keanu again. Keanu becomes yeah. my number one option at tight end immediately. Overnight. You know he's his hands. Dude. Yes. It's, it's just like, okay, in the ground, in line, what do you look like? What's the difference there? So He's going to be a matchup nightmare for different teams when you're trying to because again he's proven his size and hands are there right you throw a jump ball and he's 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 still got great speed for his size right what would that look like when he puts on some weight you know da, da, da. but yeah it's it's exciting man i, I wonder yeah. how much uh lloyd's gonna feed him over the break let's go there's lots lots of good food from Lloyd. big time protein and, uh, let's let's do it everybody it'll be <laughs> awesome it. i love lloyd dude it's great Okay, on the defensive side of the ball, Jay Hill, uh, the defense coordinator, spoke about the biggest emphasis BYU had in improving the defense this recruiting cycle. Well, it definitely was an emphasis. Um, we should have monster, just athletic, nasty D linemen here at BYU. And I think this class is a great start to where we're heading. And we have those guys. I mean, Tyler Batty's one of the best edge rushers in the Big 12 right now. We know that. And we got to continue to bring in guys that get to see how he does it and uh, continue to develop those guys. But it was definitely an emphasis. I love the guys we signed. There's great length and athleticism in this group. And I think Kalani mentioned it uh, earlier on Sports Nation <coughs> that there's some guys here that have growth potentials that could grow into you know, bigger things. And uh, I, I, I think that that's the key in recruiting is the ability to identify that athletic ability and then be able to slide them forward into positions that are best going to suit them. But we do need to be more disruptive in the D-line. We know that. Jay, thanks for watching the program, by the way. Uh, love that. Yes. Uh, you're not stuck in the position you played in high school. That's silly. Um, so BYU's going to find the best spot on the field for these guys. And sometimes that means a position switch. And that's okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to see who switches positions, what's going on. Put the best uh, 11 on the field at yes. a given time. So I'm thinking about, okay, who could BYU potentially run out there as starters? Like if we were – I'm looking at a starting defensive which, which line. Yeah specifically here on December 21st. We're way out. But I can't help myself. Tyler Batty Tyler, and I Tyler need Batty, to see the group. Isaiah Banya, Danny Saeli. Okay. A I feel like tackle. he'd be an immediate impact guy at defensive tackle. And then maybe a John Nelson who graded out beautifully. Yeah, got hurt at the end of the year. Then got injured. Hey, yeah, I want to see spring ball and fall and see what these guys look like. Dudes. See who survives the grind of that and who puts on who comes in healthy, who's ready to go. Yeah, it's exciting, man. Uh, you just want you want dudes that you can roll out there and yeah. be like, that team can win this game. They can compete and win, and we feel better than we did a couple weeks ago. Listen, there are guys coming back like Tyler Batty and Isaiah Banya, like those dudes. 
I have a sneaking suspicion that we're just going to be surprised by somebody that we think is gone on the defensive side that just might come back. I just, it just, there, there might be something there, right? Because of the culture and the movement Tasty. that's happening, I just think there's something there. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. BYU Basketball's Mark Pope is tonight, 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. Last one before Christmas. Let's go. Mark always starts the show with, like, what's on Mark's mind. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to see what that is tonight. (laughs) Sometimes it's well off the radar. (laughs) (laughs) Up next, how would a BYU women's basketball win or loss to Nevada today change how you view the Cougars' overall non-conference campaign? This is the non-conference finale, and then they're in the Big 12 play. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation like Jay Hill on social media for content throughout the day. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out your Thursday headlines. BYU football signs 27 players yesterday, part of a national signing day. 22 from high school, 5 transfers, 17 on defense, 7 on offense. Three on special teams. Some notable signees included four-star tight end Reiner Swanson and four-star defensive end DeVoe Tuatunga. In yesterday's National Signing Day press conference, offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick announcing that wide receiver Keanu Hill, we just talked about it, will be returning for another season. I love it! But will move to play tight end in 2024. I like it. I love it too. That room needs it. He's awesome. And that offensive lineman Braden Kime will also return for another season. Love that bit of news as well. And BYU wide receiver punt returner Hobbs Nyberg has entered the transfer portal. Sure-handed punt return guy. We wish Hobbs the best of luck wherever he lands. Bronco Mendenhall has hired two BYU staffers on his new staff in New Mexico and Jan Jorgensen as the edge coach and Pat Hickman as chief of staff and director of player personnel. Other former Cougs uh, who played or coached at BYU on the staff include Nick Howell, Jaw, a.k.a. Jason Beck, Shane Hunter, Famika and I, who had the greatest one game of any BYU Cougar ever at O-line, and Micah Simon. So congrats to those guys. That's awesome. I've become a huge fan of BYU Albuquerque. I can't wait to watch them play. Breaking Bad meets Brigham. Meets BYU Albuquerque for the win. Hot air balloons for the win. <laughs> Into the NFL, Puka Nakua spoke to them on Sunday. We aired that on Monday. He's awesome. Short week for him. As the Rams host the New Orleans Saints, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Daniel Sorensen, all in SoFi Stadium tonight in front of a huge national audience. Puka's just 311 yards away from the NFL rookie receiving record for yards with three games to go. He's only uh, 14 catches away from the most catches by a rookie receiver as well. Did you say 311? Yeah. Go. Amber is the color of your energy. Yes, it is. <laughs> so many things back. <laughs> Women's basketball, unfortunately, lost to Missouri State last night, 56-55. By last night, I mean yesterday afternoon. Yes. Cooks had a chance to tie the game at the free throw line with .1 seconds left. They did not. They're back at it today, right after the show, at 1 Eastern only on BYU Radio. Chip Dizzle? Yep, he's got the call. Let's hope uh, today's game is not a beautiful disaster. <laughs> As the 311. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Ties continue. Thank you. I got stories, bro. <laughs> Those are today's headlines. Now we whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. It's been well documented. BYU likes to uh, shoot threes this year. So Gregor Bell posted some numbers earlier this week. BYU's averaging 12.453 point winners Ooh. a game. 14-team Big 12. The gap between BYU and second place Oklahoma State, uh-huh. 9.2 and threes per game, is greater than the gap between second and last place. Is this the key to having a successful year just like 
making take threes. Apparently it is for this BYU team. Until it changes, it is. They've shown us enough. We've seen enough of this sample size, right, to think, okay, this is working for BYU. Is it too live and die? Is BYU too dependent on the three? People would argue that that was the case against Utah in BYU's lone loss, is that they just, because they I, couldn't hit threes, that's why they lost. It's going to be an outlier, though. Because this, here's the key to this. You have enough good shooters. Yes. It's Make not ten- about taking threes. It's about who is taking what threes. And so far, it's been awesome. That didn't work at Utah. Utah took BYU out of that. They forced them up. They made an adjustment. They got to the basket more. Yes. They competed in that game in a way that uh, was, was uh, memorable, but unfortunately lost. Yeah. I don't see that many times where BYU is going to go 7 for 30 this year. I just don't. It's the only game BYU has not hit at least 10 three-pointers in. Yeah. Make 10 threes, win the game. I think it's as simple as that right now. Seriously, you make 10 threes, they want to make 12. In the Big 12, you might need more. We'll see. Make 10, you'll be in a lot of games. Then. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, speaking of 10, number 10, Baylor, has now lost back-to-back games against great teams, Michigan State and now number 21, Duke. Does Baylor now appear more gettable for BYU on January 9th in Waco? Uh, I, I, no. <laughs> Duke's good. Michigan State <laughs> did lose to James Madison earlier. They struggled a little bit, but Baylor was down 28 and half again. Crazy. Uh, I believe that Baylor is gettable and Kansas and Houston, but you always got to uh, play well, stay connected, play the, do what they do, and hit enough three. So that's the thing. No, on the road in the new, it'll be the second game in their brand new gym, by the way. So what can we expect from BYU basketball when they get against, when they get up against this elite level competition? I don't know that they'll get off as many threes. How will the numbers dip? Because they will dip. Yeah. It's, listen, it's better competition. BYU's played some good games early. They have not played a game like playing Baylor quite yet. They're taking care of the ball. Speaking of BYU, they're taking care of the ball. Oh, yeah. They're sharing the ball at an elite level, and they're making, taking and making a ton of threes. Those numbers will all dip, but... How much? How much? And are yeah. you playing good enough defense to make up for that? How could a women's hoops win or loss to Nevada, just kidding, no, Nevada man. today, change your perception of how non-conference went? Well, 10-3 and three would be a solid mark to finish oh, yeah. up non-conference play. This team won, what, 16 games last year? Yes. I know that it's only one game, but tell me, don't you feel something different emotionally if I say to you, oh, BYU is 9-4 and four in non-conference compared to 10-3? and three. It's one game, but it just feels like you got the double-digit wins in non-con. Yeah. That feels way better than 9-4, and four, especially if you finish non-conference by on a two-game losing streak. You can't do yeah, that. Yeah, you can't you, do it. Nevada's 6-6. Six and six. Yesterday, Missouri State was what? Came in, I think. 4-3 and three or 4-5 four, five and 5-4. Five and four. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on. It's a true road game. It's got to be better than that. Yeah, it's tough. Randomly, the men and women's basketball teams have played at Missouri State in the last, like, four years. Uh, Ten and three feels a lot better than nine and four, especially if you don't lose two to end non-conference play. All right, more NFL. The Rams and Saints. Tonight, a premier Cougars in the NFL matchup of the season. But is it the best Cougars in the NFL matchup of the season? I can't recall any that were better. Um, th- this one features, obviously, high-profile skill position yes, players. multiple. When it's like O-line versus D-line guy, it's not as exciting. Brady Christensen versus Kyrus Tonga. Like, I love those dudes, but it just doesn't have the sizzle of Puka Nakua and right. Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and Daniel Sorensen. The only thing that would probably uh, rival it is when the 49ers played the Rams, and it was Fred Warner. That was Warner. pretty good. 
and Puka Nakua yeah, going I, head-to-head. And I Brett's put the, tackling Puka, right? I put the Niners out of my mind completely on purpose. Like. <laughs> Was there, oh, well, we had Falcons Saints pretty good with Tyler, right? Tyler not having quite the year he had last year. Still a good year. But Puka's year, obviously, is one of the greatest single seasons yes. in BYU football history. Yeah. For an individual. I'd probably, I mean, Puka, Puka and Fred, like 49ers Rams is, is a big deal. But this, because of the number of players, because it's Taysom and Jamal and Daniel against yeah. Puka on Thursday yeah. Night Football. Plus, he's coming off the interview with you. He's feeling good. Probably feels like that. Okay, what do you think? Over, under, one and a half touchdowns from these guys combined. Let's go over. Guys. Give me one Puka, one Taysom. Yeah, I think Taysom's going to have a rushing touchdown tonight. And I think Puka is going to score. And Jamal, give me three. Give me three. Give me let's three. go. Wow, I'll take two. Well, the over regardless. Yeah, they are. Give me seven. <laughs> you missed any of our National Signing Day coverage yesterday. You can always find it on BYUSN.com and the free BYU TV app. Get to know the new Cougs, baby. Up next, we'll meet one of BYU's new signees. Yeah. From the 2024 recruiting class. Big time personality. Already a fan favorite from those he's met. The cornerback, Trey Alexander, joins us on BYU Sports Nation. Georgia represent. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. Let's meet one of the newest members of the BYU football family, I'm part of the 2024 recruiting class. And as I mentioned, like those that have met him have said, oh, fantastic personality, awesome football player. He's going to be track star. One of those unforgettable BYU fan favorites, for sure. Yes, and multi-talented. His name is Trey Alexander, and he is joining us live over Zoom. Trey, welcome What's to up, BYU Trey? Sports Nation. Congratulations on signing with the Cougars. What's up, y'all? I appreciate y'all for having me. I want to start with this. Because you had options, and it came down to what well, we heard Georgia Tech and BYU, and you opt to go across the country to Provo, Utah, instead of staying closer to home. What was it about BYU that made you think, I need to be there, and I'm willing to go across the country to do so? Uh, the main thing for me is once I got to campus and I really experienced the love and the genuine support from all of the fans, it was somewhere I knew like I had to go. Like, And then they started talking a lot about the connections outside of football. And for me, I know football one day is going to come to the end, no matter if I play 15 years or five years. So setting myself up outside of football is definitely something you know, that I look forward to. So when I got up there to BYU, and that's one of the things they push, and then the people are so great, like I knew it was a no-brainer for me. It's hard out of right out of high school to have that kind of perspective. So who in your life has kind of helped you in this journey to be like, listen, football is the main thing I'm doing right now, but it won't always be. My dad, uh, my dad, he definitely tells me and all my teammates every day, he says, football going to be done with you before you're done with it. Mm. He doesn't say that, you know, scare you away from your dream, but he always says that to I always appreciate the snaps you get, but make sure you focus on stuff outside football as well because if you don't and you just end football, you know, you ain't going to have no identity. And with us, with me and all my siblings, he always pushes us to, you know, grow in multiple ways. Trey Alexander is on BYU Sports Nation. Who was the first person to contact you from BYU, and how did the recruiting start? The first person to contact me was uh, Coach Papinga, and the way it started was a school that's in my uh, district, we played against them last year, and uh, he was at that school recruiting. He asked them uh, about any good cornerbacks in the area. So they said my name. He came to the school. Like, I had never like, had contact with him before this. He came to the school. He talked to me for a little bit, and then he gave me a phone call for like 20 minutes that night. And then two weeks later, Coach Gilford came to see me. Uh, I worked out. 
he saw me, he offered me, and then ever since then, it's been like the whole coach staff has talked to me. So it's been it's been great. Did you know about BYU before you were contacted by those coaches? I knew about it, but like I didn't know like how big of a fan base it had, how great it was. Like I knew they'd pull off upsets every now and then. Uh, you know, I knew of Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Zach Wilson, but like I didn't know a whole lot about the school. And now you do, because you're a one of us, which is which is awesome. So you're telling me uh, Gennaro saw you work out one time and was like, yeah, let's offer this guy. Yeah, he saw me work out. He was like, yeah, let's offer me. And then it was crazy because my workout wasn't even like a major workout. It was just like a bunch of small drills, a bunch of quick stuff. You know, it was me and my dad out there. He saw me work out. And he was like, yeah, you got something special. So he and was he just confirming me. what he felt like he already knew from you on film probably. Which is which is amazing. So, describe the kind of cornerback you are to people. Um, I'm that cornerback that definitely loves to cover people. Like I'm that shutdown cornerback in my eyes. Like uh, this past year, I gave a one catch, and uh, I don't what? plan on getting one me. catch. Yeah, I gave a one catch, and it was a five yard play. It was a five yard play. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't like getting beat. Like I'm that cornerback that if I lose a rep, don't be worried because I'm coming back. You know, with some more like. Whenever I lose, I know it's my fault. Like, there is rare that somebody's going to beat me because uh, they're better than me. Most times I mess up, it's my mistake. So I'm that cornerback that David loves to cover people. I will come up and hit you. Um, I play with a lot of energy, a lot of passion. Like I play with my emotions on my sleeve when I'm in the game. That's, that's something that I'm big on, like letting it all out on the field. Trey Alexander gave up one catch. One whole catch. <laughs> wow. 6'2", 165 pounds. Which player in the NFL do you try and emulate at your position? The one that I say I probably try to emulate of anybody is like Jalen Ramsey. And it's not mm. more so like play style. It's just the mindset he has when he plays. Like he always feels like he's the best. He don't like to give up catches to nobody. He played with a swagger for like the last seven years since he's been in the NFL. You know, that's hard to replicate. And then a younger one would probably be Sauce Gardner. Uh, you know, I get that uh, comparison a lot. And Sauce is definitely a great player. For him to go out and dominate like he has been these past two years is definitely special to see. That's amazing, man. And you're six two and a half, so you're a taller guy like Sauce. Um, do you have a nickname? Because Sauce is a pretty good nickname. Nah, I guess I find one when the fans give me one, but I don't have a nickname. <laughs> Let's talk about your track prowess. Uh, four by what? Uh, you're the state champ. You're in the four by four hundred, number one rated uh, relay in the country. What role does track play in your athleticism? Man, track plays a major role. Uh, for me, before track, I wasn't getting, like, recruited a whole lot because, you know, I was slower on the field my sophomore year. So once I started to run track and I picked up some speed and really learned how to run well and be more explosive, track really, like, changed my whole life. Like, uh, I started running track my sophomore year for real in high school. I had a good time. We ran one state that first year. Then this past year, once my time started to go down to, like, the 48s and 47s, that's when I got the Mississippi State offer. And then from there, I won state. I got, I want to say, 10 offers in two weeks Whoa. for football. And ever since then, it's like, it just track changed my whole life. I'm not going to lie. It's been, and I got seven track scholarships as well. So mm. it's been great. Hey, Trey, come run track at BYU too. Jamal Williams did one spring here. Yeah, it happened. Sure. You, yeah. you can do both there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm probably do that my sophomore year. I don't know if I'm going to do it because I want to get acclimated first, but I'm, it's definitely been a conversation with the coaches. I love that. All right, let's finish with this, Trey. Uh, what? is your future like immediately when do you plan on getting to BYU and, and fully implementing into the program at BYU as you finish up your high school career 
so I'll be on campus January 6th. I'll be back on campus. So I'll be there for the first day of class and next semester. I'll be there for the first workout. I, I will be participating in spring ball. I play in the spring game. So I'll be doing all that stuff start January 6th. Hey, let's get you in here, man. And I love your uh, your Twitter, uh, you know, background. It says the Lord will be your confidence, Proverbs three twenty six. That's a great, great scripture. We love scriptures here too, man. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I got a whole bunch of them on my phone. It's like a whole bunch of notes, and it's just straight scriptures. So love anytime it. I need them, I just go look at them and search them up. Great stuff, fantastic, Trey. It's great to meet you, man. Can't wait to have you on campus. We'll get you here into Studio B as well when you're back in Provo. But don't hit me. You said you're going to hit people. Don't hit me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trey. Good luck to you, man. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Trey. Man, thank y'all for having me. Trey Alexander on BYU Sports. One Station. catch allowed senior year. What? Uh, uh, it was a five yard pass, and it was a five yard like out. <laughs> Come on, now that's amazing. Yeah, great personality. Love it. Good luck to uh, Trey. Yeah, we'll see him here in a couple weeks on campus. BYU women's basketball taking on Nevada today, 1 Eastern on BYU Radio. This isn't broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. The only way to uh, consume this game is BYU Radio coming up right after the program from Springfield, Missouri. Hey, I'm down. 311? Huh? Huh? I love it. Basketball yeah, yes, today. Yes. More. Okay. What were your top headlines from BYU football's National Signing Day yesterday? We'll hear from you next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. Our question of the day, what was your top headline from BYU football's National Signing Day yesterday as our post-game show continues? At True Blue, BYU 1984 on X says, in all caps, defense gets big boost. I like it. Yeah, it was a huge defensive day. Some good offensive players as well. Special teams, they hit the three positions, so let's go. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated from... Farmer Hiram on I wonder Instagram what he does. says, the biggest thing I saw was how many big-time guys BYU got. Yeah. Big 12 recruiting is really starting to take hold, and it's awesome. It's definitely a thing. Like, these guys want to play big-time college football, and here we are. Today's Rise and Shout-Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. 39 years ago, BYU beat Michigan for the national championship, yes. Yes. as Pat McAfee would say. What a performance by BYU. Had to come back in this game, had to survive, had to throw it up to Glenn Kozlowski. And BYU and Robbie Bosco win the national title. They didn't learn that for a week or two, by the way. Holy They had to cow. wait until the other bowl games happened. Our thanks to today's guest, Trey Alexander. Dude, I like him. He was so awesome. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, who started out as a receiver and became a tight end like <laughs> Keanu. But Dennis was a one. Or Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Andrew George, who had a scholarship. <laughs> BYU <laughs> women's basketball, Jason Shepard, coming up next on BYU Ready to Go Cougs. George was good enough to earn it. <laughs>